Welcome to Mysteries to Die For and this toe tag. I am T.G. Wolf, and I'm here with Jack, my piano player and producer. This is normally a podcast where we combine storytelling with original music to put you at the heart of a murder, mystery, and mayhem. Today is a bonus episode that we call a toe tag. It's the first chapter from a fresh release in the mystery, crime, and thriller genre. Today's featured release is Duplicity by Sean Wilson. For this one, we're actually not going to start at chapter one. We're going to start at chapter two. This is the second book in the Brick Kavanaugh series, so chapter one is a little bit of a treat for those who read chapter or the first book first. So we're starting at chapter two, which takes us into the story. Casa Kavanaugh, Washington, D.C. For the first time in three months, Brick woke up in his own bed. He had slept well, but figured that was as much a result of a long, tiring day of travel as it was being home. While he was away, Rory Bolin had kept an eye on the place. In exchange, Brick had given him the club-level Nats tickets he wouldn't be using. Upon walking in the door, Brick knew Rory had done an outstanding job. The place looked neater than when he left. His prized Madagascar dragon tree was thriving, and a philodendron appeared to have doubled in size. Still, this morning, as Brick rubbed his eyes and looked around his bedroom, it felt oddly unfamiliar. He yawned and stretched before throwing back the covers and heading to the kitchen. Stocking the fridge with breakfast food was a welcome home gesture Brick really appreciated. He poured a glass of orange juice, and while he waited for two frozen waffles to finish toasting, he listened to the local on the 8's weather report. According to the calendar, there were still two weeks of summer, but with any luck, he had missed the hot, humid days that make most Washingtonians miserable. Forecasts of 83 degrees with low humidity sounded good. Business casual would be appropriate for his afternoon appointment. When he finished breakfast, there was a small stack of mail he needed to sort through and two suitcases to unpack. On a scale of 1 to 10, Brick's enthusiasm for meeting with Professor Grace Alexander hovered around a 4, but since she had gone to the trouble of tracking him down, he was willing to hear what she had to say. The Uber dropped him off at the front gate of Abraham Lincoln University. Set on a large tract of land in northwest D.C., the campus of Lincoln U, as it was more commonly known, seemed to have a split personality. The modern glass and steel buildings on the eastern end of campus contrasted sharply with the ivy-covered brick buildings on the western end. But that also spoke volumes about the success the university had achieved. Nobel Prize-winning chemistry professors and a men's basketball team that had made it to the Final Four several times went a long way toward raising money. It was a school that Brick's younger self had wanted to attend instead of a community college and state university, but the tuition was prohibitive. All these years later, he would probably still be paying off student loans. He checked the directory and located the School of Public Affairs building. On his way there, he didn't pass many students, but the ones he did seemed totally preoccupied with whatever device they held in their hands. After checking in with the security guard at the entrance to a modern building resembling those found on K Street, filled with deep-pocketed lobbyists, He was directed to a bank of elevators. He got off on the third floor, where a receptionist announced his arrival. Immediately, Grace Alexander emerged from her office. 
Brooke guessed her to be in her early 50s, but when she stepped closer and greeted him with a warm smile and firm handshake, he realized he was mistaken. Despite her silver chin-length hair, she could easily be 10 years younger. Let's talk in the conference room, she said. Would you like coffee, tea, water? Water, please. Brick followed the professor into a room with a view of a soccer field. As he settled into a leather chair that probably cost more than all the furniture in his apartment combined, the receptionist arrived with a bottle of Fiji water and a glass filled with ice. Thank you for agreeing to meet with me and hearing what I'm proposing, she said. I touched on it in the email I sent you, but I'm sure you have some questions. I do, Brick said. And frankly, since I don't have teaching experience, I'm wondering why you think I'm the best person to work with a group of students. Alexander leaned forward, resting her manicured hand on the table. May I call you Brian? Brick is better. Despite a few strands of gray, the nickname of his youth based on his red hair would, undoubtedly, always be his preference. Oh yes, I remember that from the article in the Washington Post magazine, she said. Without realizing it, Brick rolled his eyes. He felt heat rising around his collar and shifted in his chair. I take it the article makes you uncomfortable, she said. Brick nodded. For most of my career, I flew under the radar. The Delgado case changed everything. Now total strangers know where I live, where and what I drink, and things about me I never planned to share, but others who were interviewed did. Case in point, it's how you found me. That's correct, the professor said. Although Amon Boland protect your privacy by just passing along my contact information to you, I had no idea where you were until you responded. I'm not surprised. Amon always has my back. Anyway, I am curious why you think I'm the best person for the job. Well, she said, aside from the fact that you were a homicide detective for, was it eight years? Ten, he corrected. I think the complexity of the Delgado case showed the determination a de detective needs in order to succeed, she said. And who better to mentor graduate students pursuing careers with the FBI or the ATF than someone who has, as the saying goes, walked the walk. Brick uncapped the bottle of Fiji water and poured some into a glass. He appreciated her logic, but walking the walk often comes with a price. Rather than students being motivated, they may end up reevaluating their career choices when the reality of the job sets in. He took a sip of water and then set it aside. What exactly did you have in mind for this project? As I mentioned in my email, she said, this would be for a select number of graduate students. In the past, there have been programs where students worked on innocence-type projects. And to their credit, two inmates serving long prison sentences have been freed after DNA showed that they didn't match the evidence found at the scene of the crime. I would like to see a group of students have the experience of investigating a cold case with the goal of finding the perpetrator. Given that many cases will never be solved, Brick said, that could be more challenging and disappointing. I understand, Dr. Alexander said, but isn't that the reality of being in law enforcement? Definitely. I mean, arrest always brings satisfaction, Brooks said, but an unsolved case is the one that wakes you up sweating in the middle of the night. Brick thought for a moment. Being involved in solving a cold case did appeal to him. It's not that he believed in being able to provide closure for victim survivors. Knowing what happened is always preferable to living in limbo. Do you have a specific case in mind, he asked. 
I have, and it hits very close to home, she said. About three years ago, a Lincoln U student named Henry Yang was the victim of a hit and run in Rock Creek Park. His death was, of course, a shock to everyone here, but what was even more shocking was how quickly the case went cold. You must have been working homicide at that time, right? Yes, Brick said. Do you remember anything about it? Henry Yang. Brick shook his head. No, the name isn't familiar. So what do you think, she asked. Does, does this project sound like something you could be interested in doing? Maybe, but it would re require the approval of Lieutenant Sonia Hughes. She's the head of the Homicide Squad. I understand, Professor Alexander hesitated for a moment. If you're willing to get involved, I'm thinking a request from you would carry more weight than if I contact the lieutenant first. Brick was silent for a minute. Thanks for offering me this opportunity, but I need to think about it for a day or so. Fair enough. Professor Alexander smiled warmly as she handed Brick her business card. I look forward to hearing what you decide. As Brick headed to the elevator, it occurred to him that had he taken a day or two to think back in April, instead of acting impulsively, in all probability, he would still be a homicide detective. All right, there we have the second chapter of Duplicity by Sean Wilson. It was released in October 2022 from Ocean View Publishing. It is available from Amazon and other retailers. So let's learn a little about Sean. She is a produced playwright and the author of Relentless, the first novel in the Brick Kavanaugh mystery series. She earned a bachelor degree in, I'm sorry, let's learn a little bit about Sean Wilson. She is a produced playwright and the author of Relentless, damn it. Let's learn a little bit about Sean Wilson. She is a produced playwright and the author of Relentless, the first novel in the Brick Kavanaugh series. She earned a Bachelor of Science degree in Administration of Justice from American University in Washington, D.C., and spent over 30 years working for the U.S. Marshal Service, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the Federal Bureau of Prisons, and the Administrative Office of the U.S. Courts. Having traveled on five continents, she is very happy to call Chicago home. All right, now for my review. So duplicity is a mystery, the kind that I call a follow-along. So it's not a whodunit where we're trying to solve the mystery, and it's not a how you're going to catch him like Columbo. Uh, we're living this one right along with Brick. Uh, Brick Kavanaugh is officially retired from the D.C. Police Homicide Squad, as you heard. Unofficially, though, he's got a few irons in the fire. The most promising is an airline stewardess named Nora that just might wor be worth relocating to Chicago for. A potential paying gig, Brick is invited to mentor students through a cold case in their own backyard. That's what we just heard the intro to. And then there is that thing that happens to his partner's wife. For that, everything else can wait. So the bottom line is, duplicity is for you if you like appealing characters, getting into the weeds of missing persons and cold case mysteries. The strengths of the story? Well, Brian Brick Kavanaugh, he's a strong leading character and you want him to succeed. The secondary characters are equally engaging and always a winner with me, I can keep them straight. The missing person and cold case storylines, they do hold up front to back and back to front. And the rapid storytelling style is engaging and it kept me wanting to know what happens next. Where the storyline fell short of idea. While there were no plot holes, the main storyline pivoted to resolution on a coincidence, not Brick's action nor deductions. Being a mystery fanatic, I look for the detectives to drive to the solution. 
In this case, it was more that he was in the right place at the right time, which falls short of ideal. Notably, Brick does drive the solution of the secondary storyline. It wasn't for him sticking with what should have been a dead-end lead and pressing buttons marked do not touch, then the status quo would have been sadly maintained. So that is it. Check out Duplicity by Sean Wilson. Read the book and write a review and help other people find her. Thank you very much, and we will catch you back here next week for our regular episode of Mysteries to Die For.